Good morning. Today's daf is daf Yud Zayin. Today's shir is Le'ilu Nishmas Chai Shalom Et Sarah Bas Sarah Meirat Bas Reb Chaim Chana Sarah Bas Reb Chaim Yitzchak Azriel Ben Nechemia May their neshamas have an aliyah and may their memory be a blessing. Um, we only got up. We're about thirty lines from the bottom of Tes Zayin Amubeis sixteen B. Omar Ebi Kuspadai. So just before we go into this, this is going to start um, a discussion of how Hashem judgment works, at least some of the aspects. As I mentioned yesterday, remember, we're just like touching the surface of how Hashem's judgment works from the aspect of understanding it and from the aspect of the depth of it. Obviously, um, just by looking around the world, it doesn't always seem to line up with these Divrei Chazal, but... Uh, Obviously it does, it's just a very complex, deep um, system. So Omar Ayah, the Pnei Yoshua even says, he says that these coming Gomorrahs are like really just an overview of Hashem's uh, justice. And obviously the Pnei Yoshua is going into them deep, spending a lot of time on them, a lot uh, to discuss on them. And so we're really just doing, if these Gomorrahs are of an overview of Hashem's justice system, and we're just doing an overview of the Gomorrah, um, let's get out. There's still a lot we can gain from it. So it's Omer Rabbi Kruspadai, Omer Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Kruspadai says the name of Rabbi Yochanan, Shloisha Sforim Niftochim Rosh Hashanah. There are three Sforim open on Rosh Hashanah. Echot Shor Roshoim Gomorim Echot Shor Tzadikim Gomorim. One of them is of the completely evil and one of them is of the completely righteous. Echot Shor Beinonim and one of them of the people in between, the average person. Tzadikim Gomorim Nechtomim and Nechtomim La'alta Lechaim. Tzadikim Gomorim are written and sealed la'alta l'chaim, immediately for laugh. Rishoim gemurim nichtovim v'nechtovim la'alta l'misa. And rishoim gemurim are written and sealed immediately for death. Beinonim, people are in between tzadikim and rishoim, teluyim v'oimdim v'rosh hashonah v'ad yom ha-kippurim, they are in hanging in balance. And for between rosh hashonah and yom kippur, zochu, if they merit, nichtovim l'chaim, if they merit, they're written for life. And if they don't merit, they are written for death. Interestingly, this word zochu means they merit life, which, which implies to me like they do something to deserve life. Whereas the Rambam, in his, when he's discussing these in Hilchus Tshuva, he actually said, translated as zochu, if they do tshuva for their bad deeds, then they merit life. Okay, so something interesting is there to, to analyze the difference and go into um, between um, doing um, doing good deeds and how that affects your judgment versus doing tshuva for what you have done wrong. Okay, now, Omar Rabbi Avin, Micro Rabbi Avin says, what's the posuk for this? It says, Erase me, they will be erased from the book of life and with tzaddikim they won't be written. So, Yimchum misayfer zesifrun shoroshoim. Erase them from the Sefer that's referring to the Sefer of the completely evil. Chaim Zesi from Shel Tzadikim. The word Chaim in the Pasuk is an allusion to the book of the Tzadikim. The Im Tzadikim Al Yichtavu Zesi from Shel Bainonim. That's referring to the Pasuk of the Bainonim. Rabban Gamli, Rav Nachman Bar Yitzchak 
says from the following. Vim ayin mecheni no misifrecha. If not, remains, this is by Moshe when he's davening for B'nai Israel. Remember, Hashem said, I want to destroy B'nai Israel and I'll make a nation out of you. And Moshe says, I want no part of that. And if not, erase me from your Sefer, Asher Kosafta, which you have written. So, Mecheni knows if Sifron Shoroshoim, erase me, that would be the book of Roshoim. Misifrecha, says Sifron Shal Tzadikim. This is the Sefer of the Tzadikim, Asher Kosafta, which you have written, says Sifron Shal Beinonim. Um, which you have written is the Sefer of the Beinonim. Now, let's just discuss this a little bit, because on the surface it seems quite straightforward. Okay, Rosh Hashanah Tzadikim gets sealed for a good judgment, good life, for life, and Rosh Hashanah gets sealed for death, and the regular people have until Yom Kippur to resolve their judgment. Um, now, yeah, I saw article actually have a very nice write-up on this, but just to bring out a few points, the, the, the main question that highlights why this can't be taken at face value is, well, firstly, what's Tzadikim and Rishoyim? So we'll assume Tzadikim are pious and Rishoyim are evil people. And then it says, L'chaim misa. So many want to learn. It's not a specific of Chaim actually life and death, literal death. But Chaim is all the good things in life. Abundance, health, wealth, happiness, etc. And Misa would refer to the opposite, lacking sorrow, depression, and um, hunger, or that would be on the side of Misa. So we, even if we translate those terms um, with a broad definition, as most do translate them, um, there's still a major, major problem. And that is, we see every year, I mean, we. We see good people suffer and even worse die. And we see many Rishon seem to have a lot of success. And not only over each year, it seems to can span, it can span many years. We see the evil prosper. And the, I mean, it's a very famous question that everyone asks. Um, we're always speaking about how the righteous have it good and the evil, the Rishon have it bad. But in our lives, we see the opposite. So how, can, how do we understand this in light of just what we see in the world. Um, I think one simple answer, I don't think this is, the, this is not a main answer, but one simple answer is, you actually really never know a person. You don't know what's in his heart. You don't know what he could be or should be doing. So to judge him as righteous or evil and say, well, clearly Hashem's justice system is messed up, um, is corrupt, I don't, that's not necessarily an excuse, but I think just in the way we live in the lifestyle, we can see that it's not like that. So a few of the answers given is, you have to change these, either the terms Hadikim and Rishoyim, you have to change what that's referring to, or you have to change the terms, L'chaim and Misa, what they're referring to. So for example, Tosfa say, when we say a judgment for life or death, Aichaim or Misa, we're not referring to, will he die in this world or will he live in this world? We're referring to Olam Haba. Is he getting a judgment for eternal life or is he getting a judgment for um, for eternal death? And will a main and oh, how does that affect? Why is that on Rosh Hashanah? Because depending on the judgment you've that you declared that you're set for, will how your year will play out. As we know, the famous idea that tzaddikim sometimes suffer in this world to atone for a few of their averes, whereas Rosh Hashanah have it good in this world to get the reward for their few mitzvahs. 
So that would be, but again, so someone who's decreed on Rosh Hashanah or Yom Kippur that they're getting laugh, that they're hearing for Alam Haba, that will determine how this world plays out, how, they, how their year plays out, heading for their judgment. And if, so that's, a, that's our Tosos answer. What life and death is not referring to life and death in this world, it's referring to Olam Haba. And interestingly enough, each year, your judgment is again, are you for Olam Haba? Are you someone who is going to Olam Haba? Are you someone who is chas v'shalom? The opposite. Um, and the year, the, what Hashem gives you that year is for you to achieve the ultimate of that, uh, that judgment. So I guess if a, a Rosha might suffer, or a, to try again to do tshuva, or a tzaddik might suffer, so that his averes are atoned, so he can get a better share in Olam Haba. But that's a, that's how Tosos learned it. Um, and it seems, yeah. Then another explanation is is that the, the Ramban actually changed. He says, no, Chaim and Misa refers to this life. He says, however, when we say a judgment of a Rosha and a judgment of a Tzaddik, he says that's not referring to the class of person we're speaking about. That's referring to how we would perceive the judgment. I, if I ask you what's the judgment of a Rosha, so that's suffer, suffering, difficulty, hardships, etc. And what's the judgment of a Tzaddik? Wealth, health, happiness etc. So the Ramban comes along and he says that ah, what's really happening here is when we say um, Tzadikim get judged for life we're saying that um, that a certain person is getting the judgment of a Tzadik. It could be a completely rosh, a Rosha it could be, as we've said, a Rosha can sometimes get a good judgment to use up his reward in this world. But a Rosha could get the judgment of a Tzaddik. Or a Tzaddik could get the judgment of a Tzaddik. A Tzaddik can get the judgment of a Rosha. Again, so Rosha is a term used not to describe the person, as we would have thought, but a way to describe the judgment. Is it a harsh judgment or a pleasant judgment? Um What are some of the other ways? Yeah, another interesting one um, that the Ravid gives. He says, Chaimu Misa is not referring to um, this year, dying or living this year. Chaimu Misa is referring to his lifespan. He says each person is given a set lifespan. Okay, not, we don't understand why some, some people are given a shorter lifespan and some people are given a longer lifespan. Again, it's independent of how they are because that's before they're born. So it's before they can be a Tzadik or Rosha. But L'chaim Misa is Hashem seeing must he adjust their lifespan. So that's why it won't affect, a Rosha won't necessarily die this year. And a Tzadik won't necessarily survive this year, but that all in play with the lifespan that they were predestined to have. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, and then there, there are a few other ways of understanding this piece of Gomorrah, but already you can see the complexity, not saying that these opinions would necessarily agree in Rev Kruspada's teaching, but they're not necessarily mutually exclusive on a theoretical level of what's taken into account in Hashem's judgment. 
and just an interesting uh, um, yeah interesting question that you have to then ask is how does this fit in with our tefillahs if it's a judgment for Olam Haba yeah so I mean in uh, in Unasane Tokef very the one of the most famous fillers on the Yomim Nora, and we say man is judged on Rosh Hashanah and sealed on Yom Kippur. It sounds like every man, not limited to Tzadikim Gemurim or Rishoyim Gemurim, because remember, I'm sorry, Tzadikim Gemurim and Rishoyim Gemurim, according to Reb Kruspadai, are judged and sealed on Rosh Hashanah. Only Beinonim go to Yom Kippur, and in Osana Tokef we say every man is judged on Rosh Hashanah and sealed in Yom Kippur. So Tosos, so Tosos want to say that's a proof. Oh, sorry, not Tosos. Others like the Vilmakon bring that as a proof for Tosos. That filler is a support for Tosos. That every single person is judged on Rosh Hashanah and sealed on Yom Kippur. What Rav Kruspada is teaching is their judgment for Olam Haba, not this world. Um... Another interesting ramification of the discussion of how you understand of Kruspadai. I don't think this is the only, uh, this is definitely not the only ramification, but an interesting one is, we know in Rosh Hashanah you greet everyone, Shana Tova may you be written and sealed. Now according to Tosvos, um, one second, let me just check if we're getting on it. According to Tosvos, the judgment of how your year is going to play it out is only sealed on Yom Kippur. So we should not say, written and sealed. You should say just written. And on Yom Kippur you can wish, wish people written and sealed. And, but according to um, like one of the other versions, that it's, that it's, um, that people, that basically everyone except the Beinonim are sealed on Rosh Hashanah, then we can say about them, Shana You can wish people, may your judgment be written and sealed now on Rosh Hashanah. So there's a few interesting nafkaminas that play out in this machlokes. Okay, now we're going to go on to, it sounds like a very similar point, but the Ramban points out, um, you know, the Rishonim point out, that there are actually three different times a person is judged. This is an introduction to the next piece, and you'll see it, it like plays out over the daf. But the first one is Rosh Hashanah, for his material fortunes over the coming year. That's how many wanted to learn Rav Krispadai, as we said, Tosfos didn't, but many wanted to. Um, and that, the second judgment is at the end of a person's life, for his, does he go into Olam Habo, does he go into Chas Shalom Gehenna? And then the third judgment is Yom Adina Godel. The, the great day of judgment is the ultimate judgment by the resurrection of the dead. Um, and why is there that third judgment? Because remember, sometimes the influence that you have in your lifetime carries on for many generations. And that's taken into account in the final judgment. I just remember I just uh, one of the things that always struck me. Can you imagine Rashi's reward? Um, Rashi, he lived uh, close to a thousand years ago in France. But all over the world since then, anyone learning Chumash, anyone learning Gemara, always learns with Rashi. So his influence in this world has continued for many, many hundreds or more years, and it's just growing bigger and bigger. So 
you can imagine so that's why there's a third judgment at the end of time so it seems that now we're discussing another one of the judgment times not the, the one of Rosh Hashanah for our material um, well-being that year but a different one. So Omer Rabbi Amin, uh, sorry, not Omer Rabbi Amin, um, Tanya, Beishama Omer, Beishama, I say, Gimel Kutos Heimle Yomadin. There are five people regarding the Day of Judgment. This seems to be the judgment at the day of, at the time of death. Achashel Tzadikim Gemurim, Achashel Rishom Gemurim. One of Tzadikim Gemurim and one of Rishom Gemurim. Achashel Benoinim and one of regular, um, in between. Tzadikim Gemurim, Nechtavid Nechtam and Altelachai Oilam. Oilam. Tzadikim Gemurim are written and sealed immediately for eternal life. Rishoim Gemurim, guess what we would call Ganeidim. Rishoim Gemurim, Niktovim and Nechtomim, Alter Legahedim. Rishoim Gemurim are sealed and written immediately for Gehenim. Shneemar, as it says, Verabim Miyoshne Admas Ofor Yokotsu, Eile Lechaye Oilam, Vaile Lichos Lidron Oilam. The Lidron Oilam. So they're those who go to good life and those who go to bad life. Beinoinim, what about the Beinoinim? Yordim, le Gehenim, they go down to Gehenim. Umetzaftzafim, Vaolim, they scream out in pain and then they are brought up. Shenemar is the Posuk, Beibesem es Hashlishis, Beish, I will bring the third group in five, Etzeraptim, Ketzrofa Kesev, Uvichinoschom, Kifchoides Hazov, I will refine them like silver and gold. Hu Yikre, Bishmi, Vani, and also he will call out in my name and I will answer him. So, so what have we seen? Yavalem Omar Chanan regarding them. Chanan says Hashem Meimis Mechayim Morich Avoyal. Hashem kills and he brings life. He puts people into Shaul, into Gehenna and Vayal, and he brings them up. So again, there are those who, when they die, they go straight to Alam Haba. There are those that, when they die, go to Gehenna. And then there's a middle group that go into Alam Haba, uh, Gehenna for a short moment. It refines them, and then they go straight up to. Alam Haba. Just interesting enough, when we say Tzadik Gomor or Rosh Gomor, again, this is a big discussion in the Rishonim, and the previ- it plays into the previous discussion as well. What does it mean a Tzadik Gomor and a Rosh Gomor? According to the Rambam, it sounds like anyone who has more merits than Averis is what's called a Tzadik Gomor. Anyone who has more Averis than merits is what's called a Rosh Gomor. And only someone who's 50-50 would be in between. According to others, no, Tzadik Gomor means literally someone who has zero Averis. And a Rosh Hashanah is someone who has no mitzvahs. And a Benoni is anyone in between there. Like most people, they f- they're uh, a little bit more righteous or a little bit more evil. But that's, uh, that's also an interesting thing to keep in mind. But that's, that's Beis Shammai's approach. So the three groups and the focus, we'll see the difference between him and Beis Hillel, is he says that the third, the Benonim, go into Gehenim for a little bit and are then taken out. Beis, Shammai, Beis, Hillel, Beis Hillel say, V'rav Chesed. No, the Pesach says, Hashem is abundant kindness. Mate klape Chesed. He tilts the, the Benonim to Chesed. And regarding them, David says, Ahavti Kishma Hashem is koli. I'm, I am beloved because Hashem has heard my voice. And regarding them, David says, the whole Tehillim, that Tehillim describes David viewing himself as a Benoni. And he says, Hashem, through his chesed, saves me from Gehenim. Okay, now we're going on to a new category. So those are the three broad categories. Sadiqin Gomorim, Rashon Gomorim, and Benonim. Now we're introducing new categories. 
Those Jews who sin with their body and Umasa'ilam who sin with their body, that we'll see, the Gemara will explain towards the bottom of the page. Yordim le Gehenim v'nidoinim po Yud Beis Chodesh. Go down into Gehenim and are there for 12 months. La'acha Yud Beis Chodesh gufa kalon v'nishmosam nisrefetz v'ruach m'sarzam tachas kapos ragleit tzadikim. After that, their bodies are completely destroyed and their neshamas are burnt and they and they scattered under the feet of the tzadikim sheneimar ma'asoisim reshoim ki you offer tachas rag kapois rag lechem. Okay, aval. So that's that's the poishe begufon. Now we move on to a new category. Aval haminim v'hamasoyros v'hapikorsim. Minim are these are different types of heretics. Moisros are informers, someone who hands a Jew's money over. Minim would often be like tzidukim, people who don't believe in the Torah Shebaal Peh or something like that. Moisros would be um, someone who informs on another Jew's money to the government. And apikorsim, that refers to um, Rashi, says someone who's mevazet tamur chokhom. The Rambam in Hilchus Tshuva gives a few definitions of who falls into these categories. Um, like a min, he would generally try what we would call a heretic, someone who believes in two gods, or believes that God um, God's not involved in the creation, things like that. And an Apikorus, he he translates as someone who denies the concept of Navua, either Hashem communicates with man, or that Moshe didn't uh, um, write the Torah based on Navua, things like that. That would be an Apikorus. Shekofra Torah, those who deny the Torah. I, any part of the Torah, they deny its divine origin, they de- de- deny that some of it is from Hashem, etc. Those who deny those who separate from the Tzibur. This is an interesting thing. They explain, someone who lives as a perfect Jew, but he doesn't rejoice with the community, or suffer with the community. He sets himself apart from the community, even though he does all the mitzvahs, etc. He falls into this category of Heretics, those who deny the Torah, etc. And those who place terror on the land of the living. We'll see what that means towards the bottom of the page. Those who sin and cause others to sin. That was at the split of the kingdom. Remember the, the tribe of Yehuda and Binyamin. Well, the rest of Bnei Israel split from the tribe of Yehuda and Binyamin. And Yeroboam was worried when they got up to the temple for the festivals, they're going to see the king of Yehuda read from the Torah and treat it as the king. So he thought, oh, when they go to the Beis Amikdash, they're going to see that I'm not the real king and they'll leave me. So in panic, he set up guards um, that they weren't able to get into that part of Eretz Israel and idols so that they have other places to worship since they can't go to the base of Mikdash. So he caused the whole of Bnei Israel to sin. They go down to Gehenna and they judged for many, many generations. You'll go and see the corpses of the men who sinned against me. Even when Gehenna ends, they won't end. Why do they go so far? I, why, why is it? Why do they get such a severe punishment? They set their hands against the dwelling place of Hashem. The Beis Hamidrash says, and the Zvul is referring to the Beis Hamidrash. I've built this. Shomo says to Hashem, I've built this Zvul, this house, this Zvul for you. And regarding this group, Chana says, Hashem Hashem cuts off or smashes up those who fight against him. 
Okay, so those are the, 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 the those are the categories. Remember, there's tadikim gemorim, rishoyim gemorim, and beinoyim. Then there's those who are poisha yisrael begufan, and then there's this other category of. Um, Um, so of uh, what's it? Minim apik, moisrim apikorsim, those who deny the Torah, deny chiyas amesim, etc. So that's this other category. Okay, now let's go on. Omer Yitzchak ben Avin upenayim domim leshulei kadeira. This this seems to be going back on the middle group who go to Gehenim for a short time. Their face looks a little bit like the bottom of a pot. Uh, you can never get a bottom of a pot perfectly clean from the burn marks. The underneath of the pots. So, so to the face of these people who were the Bainonim who went into Gehenna for a little bit and come up, have that um you can see that they've been that it will be visible that they've been to Gehenna. For Omarov of Inumi Shapire, Shapire Bene this is from the refined of those of Bene Mechuzah. What Rav is saying, according to the Marashah, is the lifestyle of the Bene Mechuzah was very opulent and luxurious and pampered. He says, and that leads them astray that they're going to, in the future, they, in, in, in contrast to their well, uh, I don't know what, well-groomed faces with uh, manicure and, fa- um, what's it, with uh, makeups and facials and all fancy uh, treatments on their face, you're going to see in Gehenna um, these burns from, in the world to come, they're going to have a face which um, you can see has a little bit of marks of Gehenna. Another answer given is that no, it means that, even though their faces is scorched, they will look like the Shapire Shapire um Shapire Shapiri Bene Mechuzah, then as the refiners on Mechuzah, their faces will be radiant. They will be cleansed in Gehenna, and then when they go to Alam Haba, their faces will be radiant. They might have signs that they've been to um Gehenna, but their faces will still be radiant. And they will be called, they will still be called those who were in Gehenna. Okay, but again, they end up in Olam Haba. Omar says, wait, Basilel told us that instead of putting the middle group in the fire, Hashem will adjust their judgment towards Chesed and they won't go down to Gehenna. says, but the Pasuk says that I'll put this third group in fire in Gehenna. So Hashem, Bepoisha Yisrael, Bekufon, he says, this is the group of those who sinned with their body. He says, but wait, we said in the Brisa that those who sinned with their body have no hope. They're going to be go for 12 months in Gehenna and then they're going to be burnt and uh, disappear. He says, When do they not have a takonta? When they have more Averis. So very interesting, he's actually split it up. He said that those who who sin, who are about 50-50, they know him, that's who Hashem judges uh, Rav Chesed. His huge amount of Chesed tilts it in the scale. We'll see how it works. Tilts it in the scale that they get without, they don't go to Gehenna. Then there's those who are 50-50 or more good, but they've done one of these sins, Poisha Yisrael Begufon. They've done a sin with their body. We'll see what that is towards the bottom of the page. Those people go to Gehenna for a short time and go up. And the people who have more Averis and Poisha Yisrael Begufon 
and do these Averas with their body, they the ones who we said have no hope go to Gehenim for 12 months, etc. And regarding it, yeah, and that's what David says regarding the middle group. I have Tikiishma Hashem, I can hear Hashem and He loves me. Or Hashem has listened to me, therefore I know I am loved. Um, yeah, something else to think about. Again, it's, it's, it's discussed here. We're just running. I'm just taking a bit long. Um, but it is discussed. As we always say, we say Kaddish for 11 months because only Rishoyim Gemurim are in uh, Gehenim for 12 months. And we don't assume that our ancestors were like that. I'm sure you've heard that concept. That's why we say Kaddish. Um, we don't say Kaddish for a full 12 months. Um, but interest up, so from Al-Gamora, it doesn't even sound like there's different lengths of Gehenna, but I mean, logically, it would make sense. Someone who's more pious but needs Gehenna will go for shorter, and someone who's less pious will go to Gehenna for a bit longer. Okay, but that's, as I said, it is discussed, but let's go on. Dorash Rava, my dear Siv, what does the Pasuk mean? This is the Pasuk we just quoted from David. I have to kiish my Hashem. He says, Omar, Knesset Yisrael, if now Kodesh Bofuk, B'nei Knesset Yisrael, say before Kodesh Bofuk, Ribbona Shalom, E Mosani Ahuva Lefanecha, Bizman Shato, Shomea Kol Tachnunai. When are you beloved to me at the time that you hear the voice of my supplication? Taloisi Beli Yoshua. Says, even though I'm poor, poor from mitzvahs, it is still worthwhile to save me. It is still pleasant that you save me. Okay, now we're going back to describe some of the terms in the Bryce. It says, my new. What's someone who's what's a sinner with their body? It says, Rav says, a skull that never wore tefillin. Well, they didn't wear tefillin. Poisha umas or What's the a non-Jew who's a poisha who sins with their body? So Omar Rav ba'avera avera. Tosfos explain what's avera, and the most Rishonim avera refers to arayas. Remember, non-Jews also not allowed to. There's certain um, of the arayas that apply to them. So so to hear that's a sin with their body. So too with your tefillin. So just interestingly, the Ran brings that it's not limited to tefillin or. Um, arayos, it's any positive commandment that you do with your body. He says, for example, saying Kriyashma or saying Birchas Hamazon. Those things you do with your body, positive commandments that you do with your body, can fall you in this category. I was trying to think of then what's a positive commandment that you don't do with your body. Maybe it's like loving Hashem. That's, that's done with the heart and mind. I don't know, like what's a positive commandment that you don't do with your body? I would have been more narrow and seemed to say something that has a more clear action, feeling you tar on your body. Um, but I'm not sure that's, that's what the run says. Um, Tosos have a very interesting here, and he says, first Tosos say, Im oisek betorah, kemini at filin dami. Um, he says, and if someone learns Torah, it's as if they've put on filling. And then he says, Here is where someone finds the mitzvah um, unpleasant or repulsive to him. I, the idea of putting the filling on him irks him. That's the sort of person we're speaking about. But someone who doesn't put that filling on because of oinase, they're worried they're not able to have the goof knocky, the meet the physical requirements of purity while wearing that filling, says that obviously won't fall into this category. And then he says, very interesting, at the end it's the Tosfos Karkafta, four lines from the bottom of that Tosfos. He says, Everything we've mentioned in our sugya, and that 
go to Hagahenim and will burn for 12 months and disappear, etc. All these things. He says, Beshelo also tshuva is where the person didn't do tshuva. Also tshuva, Amrinon, Beyuma, do tshuva, toilo, misama, marekes. says, if he does do tshuva, as we say in Yuma, tshuva leaves him hanging and when he dies, he's cleansed. I saw all of this, that there's these severe punishments, is obviously where tshuva was not done. But tshuva, you can still do tshuva. Okay, what's the sin of placing their fear in the land of the living? This is a leader who intimidates, who places his fear, but not for the sake of heaven. A leader who places unnecessary fear on the community. He won't see children who become Tamilai Chachom in Shinemar as it says, Lochain Yuru Anoshim, Lo Yiru Kolchat Meleif. Those who people fear will not see um, wise hearts. Basil, I am Rim Barab Chesed, Matek Lapa Chesed, as we say, Basil, say Hashem tilts it to the Chesed. It says, Hey, Ovid, what does he do? So Rebelezer Omer Kosher, Rebelezer says he pushes it down. Remember, you've got, your, you've got the scales and you've got your mitzvahs and your virus. So he pushes down the mitzvahs so that they outweigh. The Averus. Shenemar is the post says, Yoshev Yerachamenu Yichbosh Avonoseinu. Verebiosi Chanina Omer, Rebiosi Bar Chanina says, No, Noise. He lifts up, he lifts up the Averus, so it looks like the, the, the mitzvahs hang down. Noise Oven, but over Alpesha, as the post says, he lifts up the sin and he forgives um, Avera. So, um, so interesting, what's the difference? What difference would it make whether Hashem lifts up the Avera so it looks like the so the mitzvahs are weighing down, or He pushes down on the mitzvahs? Okay, something obviously again something important. It sounds like a silly difference, but obviously it's a major philosophical or mystical difference in understanding Hashem's justice and judgment. Tana the very Bishmol Rishon Rishon says no. He passes over the first one and the first one. The Chayin Hoyo Hamida and that's the Mid of Chesed. Um. It's not erased. Because if he ends up having more sins, it will still be calculated with him. I, when Hashem's putting the Averas on the scale, he takes out the first time and the second time the Avera was committed. And then, hopefully, the Averas will be lighter. But if not, if the Averas are heavier, then he puts all those first ones that he removed back on the scale. Anyone who's Mavir um, al-Midosov, who's not particular with his dues, with what he should deserve, uh, he's not so strict and particular and meticulous with what people have done to him. They overlook his Averish. And Neymar, as the Apostle says, Who does Hashem forgive or carry his sins for him? The one who waves What's wrongdoings wrong done to him? So now, again, amazing idea that um, that uh, if you act with, uh, if you're very strict, oh, look what so-and-so did to me, look how he treated me, look how he spoke to me, look what he's done to me. If you're very particular with what people have done to you and how they treat you, then... Hashem is going to be more particular. But if people do things that are not beneath your dignity, or they insult you, or injure you, whatever it is, and you're not so particular, then Hashem won't be so particular in judgment with you. Rav Huna Bar Yehoshua, Cholash, 
Rav Huna Breit Rav Shul was very ill. All Rav Papa le Shule be Chazia de Chalish le Alma. So Rav Papa went to visit him and he saw that he was like on his deathbed. He was about to die. So Amar lehu tzivusel zapta. So he told everyone prepare the shrouds for him. So the sof itpach having mirsach Rav Papa le Mersa. And then he actually Rav Huna recovered. So Rav Papa was actually very embarrassed to look at him because. He had told everyone, prepare shouts, prepare shouts, and then uh, he, the person got back on his feet. So he says, no, so now, Omar Luhu Michael says, so that Ostrov, who know, what did you see? So Omar Luhu, in Hachiave, it was true I was going to die. For Omar Luhu, I called his Bohu, hold for whom a kind Bemila, loy, moikim Bemila, loy tokimu Bahare. And Hashem jumped in and he said, well, since he's not particular with what happens to him, we can't be particular with him. Okay, now we're going to explain the next of that pasuk. Um, it says, who's this for? The remnants of his nachala. The remnants of his inheritance. He says that sounds like a, it's a very good thing, like a fatty tail, delicious part of the meat, but there's a thorn in it. says, for the remnants of his nachala, and not all his nachala. Again, so it sounds like Hashem only does this kindness for some people and not all people. So the Gemara answers, no, it means for those who make themselves like leftovers, those who humble themselves. That's who we're referring to. That's who's l'sha'iris nachala. So it's not saying it's only for some people, it's for those who treat themselves like remnants, like um, with humility. Okay, Rav Huna, Rami, Rav Huna raises a contradiction. One Pesach says Hashem is a tzaddik in all his ways, and then it says Hashem is pious in all his ways. Which one is it? Tzaddik is someone who follows, the does all good but according to the letter of the law, and a chassid goes beyond the letter of the law. So he says, no, he starts off as a tzaddik, strict with justice, etc., and then in the end he turns kind. And we're going to see a few teachings Along these lines, Rabbi Lezer Romik said, Rabbi Lezer raised a contradiction. It says, you, are, you have chesed, and it also says about Hashem that you pay each man according to his deeds. Sounds like there's no chesed, only judgment. It says, At first, you start treating them with, according to their deeds. And at the end, there will be chesed. Rami Xiv writes another similar contradiction. It says, Rav Chesed, Uksiv Ve'emes. It says, Hashem's Rav Chesed Ve'emes. He's full of kindness, but he follows the truth. Kindness and truth are not always uh, applicable because maybe someone is deserving punishment, but kindness treats him a bit more lenient. There's no Bitchila Ve'emes. At first, he judges with truth. And at the end, he starts, he tilts it to Chesed. Um, it's a big discussion how we say that Hashem is din and every person gets judged accurately. On the other hand, there's this aspect of chesed. So how do the two work together? And how do they interplay? That's, that's a big discussion for another time. Hashem um, Oh, the, we're carrying on with this discussion. So this is where Hashem taught Av, uh, Moshe the Yud Gimel Midos. Remember again when the Jews were about to be destroyed and then Hashem finally forgave them by Yom Kippur. As we know this is a central theme of the Yom Kippur and the Slichos. Is the Yud Gimel Midos Hashem's 
um, attributes or mercy. So it says Hashem passed before Moshe and he called out. Now Amar Ibiochan and Umala Mikra Kosov, if not for the fact that the Pasuk said it, wrote it like this, that Hashem passed before him. Yefshar La Amra. I couldn't say that, but Melamed, but it teaches us. Hashem wrapped himself in a talus like a shliat tzibur and showed Moshe how to daven. Omer law calls Moshe Yisrael choytin yasulafonai kaseidezem ani moichalahem. And Hashem told Moshe, any time an Israel sin, copy this that I'm doing, and I will forgive them. So, um, based on this, an amazing idea, he's saying, it wasn't just that Hashem told Moshe what to do, He showed Moshe what to do, if, if you could say such a thing. So, Hashem, and now we're going to discuss the Yud Gimel Midos. We're just going to discuss some of them, but just interesting, you know, I'm sure you, you know, so the Yud Gimel Midos, Hashem, Hashem, Kelrachon, Mechanun, Erech, Apayim, Barab, Chesed, Vemes, Noetzer, Chesed, Lo'alafim. So, the Yud Gimomidos, according to the different Rishonim, I remember I had a chart, I couldn't find it, of about seven or more different opinions of how to break up the Yud Gimomidos. But, okay, so Hashem, Hashem, that's the first two according to Tosos of the Yud Gimomidos. I mean, Tosos going to it here, but it says, I am merciful, I am Hashem, Yud Kei which is Hashem's mercy, before He sins and after He sins. Why would you need Hashem's mercy before you sin? Why would one need Hashem's mercy before they sin? Because Hashem knows how people are going to turn out. So maybe He should treat them harshly. But no, He waits for them to sin. He says, And I am Hashem to him. I am merciful to a person. Even after he does sin and he does teshuva. A God of mercy and graciousness. There's a covenant with these Yud Gibel Midos that we will never be turned away empty-handed from when we say them. It says, I have cut a covenant. I've made a covenant with B'nai Israel. Um, with B'nai Israel. Now, now we're going to start a new discussion and this is going to step into tomorrow's Great is tshuva because it can tear up the decree of a person. Shenemar is the success. If only people would be able, their eyes and their heart and their ears, it's all blocked up. If only they were unblocked and they could see and they could do tshuva and I would heal him. So I'm um, so that's, but Rabbi Yochanan's main line is Chuvi is so great, even if there's evil decrees because of that virus, that can get the evil decrees torn up. So, who says this is after the judgment? Xardin means the judgment, the decree has been finalized. Obviously, there's the judgment processed, and maybe there's times for appeal, and then the judgment is finalized. That's the Xardin. So, he says, so maybe this posuk that Chuva helps and can tear up the. the Tear up decrees before the Xardin. Before the decision has been made, Basham. So Amalev Rapelot says, and he will heal him. I will heal him. Says, what, re- what requires Rafua? It must be the Xardin, the decree. So now Masive, they challenge him again, Rabbi Yochanan again. Sorry. If he does tshuva in the interim, they forgive him. If he does not do tshuva again between Rosh and Yom Kippur, even if he brings all the best rams in the world as kobonos, they will not forgive him. We see that there's a time that it's too late to get forgiven. 
says, no, there's no difficulty. This that it can actually be too late and, he, and maybe his chufa won't help is by an individual, but by a community davening for forgiveness that they can always tear up decrees. They challenge this. The eyes of Hashem on Eri Tisrael, sometimes for the good and sometimes for the bad. What do we mean sometimes for the good? If on Rosh Hashanah, B'nai Yisrael were proper Hashem, so Hashem said they're going to get only a very little bit of rain. And then later on in the year they do Tshuva. It says, I can't add more rain because the Xero already has been decided, I guess on Rosh Hashanah or Sukkot, the Xero already was, that they're only going to get a little bit of rain. So rather what Hashem does is He takes the little bit of rain and makes it rain at the perfect times and in the perfect places. So it doesn't rain on the street and go into the gutters. It will rain in the farms and the vegetable gardens. And instead of raining a little bit too early or a little bit too late, no, it rains at the perfect time, so it has maximum. So that's what Hashem says. Granted the decree was decided on Rosh Hashanah, I can, I can manipulate that there's only going to be X centimeters of rain. I'll manipulate it that the rain goes in the right place. So it's itim l'ra, sometimes... It will be for bad. If B'nai Yisrael were tzadikim gemurim on Rosh Hashanah and it got decided that they would get lots of rain, the soap chazru b'hem, and then they change their deeds to the bad. Hashem says, I can't take away the rain because there's already been the gzera. He will make it rain at the wrong time and on ground which doesn't need it. But again, what do you say? If they change their acts for their good, if they do tshuva, why can't Hashem tear up the decree and make more rain? Again, that's what we said. Rabbi Yochanan's thing was that tshuva is so powerful that Hashem will tear up a decree. But we just saw if they do, they started off bad and therefore they got a little bit of rain. Hashem says, I can't tear up the decree. I have to manipulate the judgment, the rain. So he says, no. So we see that you can't tear up a decree. He says, no. Shani Hosan to Eshabahachi is different there because there's another solution. Let's do one more proof. Toshma. Those who are people traveling by sea in the great waters and they see the acts of Hashem and a storm will come up against them. And they will stagger and move like a drunkard and the ship will sway. They will cry out in their distress. And they will end up praising Hashem for their kindness. It's paraphrasing that to heal him. If you notice, so what's the... Yeah, there's ups or down nuns between each phrase in that parak of Tehillim. So he says, The Simonim Achim Rakim Shabbatari Loimar Lot Suku Koyim Zardin Nainin Tsokul Achak Zardin Ainonim. Why are there ups or down nuns between each phrase in that Tehillim? So that's to act as a limitation to say that only those who cry out before the Xardin will be answered, those who leave it too late will not be answered. And on a ship there are many people, so it should count as a community. So why, clearly this is against Rabbi Yochanan. Rabbi Yochanan said that any time Tshuva can tear up a decree, and we said that's of a tzibur. Well, here we see that a tzibur contest is not. Hani nami ki domi. says the people on a boat are like yechidim. 
They don't count as an organized as a organized community. They're not all there working together. They're each there for their own purposes, their own family, their own mission. And therefore, they're not a community. I was just thinking, interesting enough, from this. Granted, there are a lot of people there, and they're davening together, and they're crying out to Hashem. We see that they're not called a community. A community is a group of, I guess we can say, like-minded people working together, helping each other, living as a community. Similar ideals. Um, learning Torah together, etc. That, that's what, um, you know, can ask you, what, uh, what's the definition of a community? Or is it just a group of people davening together? Clearly, you need more than that. Um, okay, and we'll leave it there for today.